All right, so here comes part two, July 21st Chronicles. We, did, we detailed what happened with UIL last week on that fateful day, July 21st. And we need to cover Music for All, Bands of America, what went down that day. Uh, I wanted these things to be separate because just because there's just different vibes, there's different emotions behind it. It's a completely different situation, different decisions that were being made. So um, this was a very, very, very big deal. This is kind of something we all saw coming, but like I said last week, it doesn't make that phone call, it doesn't make that phone call any less painful. So we're going to talk through it. We're going to go over reasons why this happened. Uh, we're going to talk about the future. We're going to talk about what Music for All and Bands of America has meant to myself and countless, countless young lives that have participated in the, their organization and their activity. So let's get to it. With uh, that being said, good morning again. Daniel Valdez, again, pleasure and an honor to talk to you. Whether you're listening on the YouTube channel or all the other podcast areas, uh, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, from what I've seen, definitely some new listeners. Introducing myself, my name is Daniel Valdez. I am one of the admins, one of the moderators, and one of the live bloggers for TexasBands.com. This is my stupid show. <laughs> uh, so uh, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. So let's get to it. Last week... Bands of America, or I should say Music for All, dropped the, uh, dropped the news that they will not be able to, to uh, hold their Bands of America 2020 Regional and Grand National Championships. All the events for Bands of America this fall have officially been canceled, and that hurt my soul. It did. Um, I had some people reach out to me last week asking how I was doing with the news. And although I appreciate the concern, I, my response to all of them was, I'm more worried about the kiddos than anything else. Uh, for those of you who've listened to me in the past, for those of you who know me personally, um, you know that I worry about other people way more often than I worry about myself, almost to a detriment. So, uh... My heart goes out to all the marching members, all the parents, all the staff, all the directors, everybody who's been affected by this. These are these are high quality, highly competitive events that go on every single year. It's something that's talked about a lot. It's something that a lot of kiddos look forward to. They love seeing not just performing at these events, not just performing at Vans America events, but being able to sit in the stands and mingle with the other programs and being able to watch other wonderful programs do their thing, whether they get to watch some of the prelim show or whether they're able to stay and watch for finals. There's stadium food, there's pageantry, there's uh, big signs, there's chants and cheers, and there's all sorts of stuff that goes on at these Bands of America events, and we're not going to get it this year. It's going to be, it's going to feel, it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel really weird, especially coming around September and October and November. Those fall months are going to be, uh, they're going to be different. But we're going to get through it. We'll, let's talk about it a little bit, kind of uh, how everything kind of went down. And I'll, uh, I'll even drop a little bit of knowledge on you uh, with uh, uh, the whole travel quandary that we had here. So obviously we saw this coming. Uh, this was something that as more and more programs started pulling out and, and programs started really 
really becoming concerned about how they were going to treat the fall season back in March. I mean, think about what happened back in March when the pandemic started. Music for All was hosting their like national concert band festival. And that's it was like right in the middle where everything started shutting down across the entire country. Like everything, like get indoors, get your groceries delivered. Thank you very much, by the way. Uh, and get indoors. We're canceling everything. Don't travel. Don't go to hotels. Don't do anything. Music for All. A lot of people don't really know this. Music for All and their volunteers, their people were literally calling people as they were heading to the airport to go to National Concert Band Festival, telling them, do not travel up there. Do not travel up there. And some of the stories that I heard from the volunteers, I mean, the volunteers saved the day there. Think about all that stuff. I mean, I've heard stories from the National Concert Band Festival where, you know, percussion ensembles were getting set up, ready to go, you know, making sure the stage was good, and then all of a sudden, they're like, hey, we gotta, we're, we're canceling the event, so take everything down. And they're like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> so, that was a big challenge in itself. So, Music for All has been dealing with this pandemic, not just in the last month or two. I mean, they've been dealing with it since the very, very beginning. Um, a lot of planning, a lot of changes, all sorts of stuff between staff and volunteers, and man, my heart goes out to them because that is a very challenging thing to do, especially when you're stressed and you're trying to worry about other people's health and safety along with your own. So Music for All has been dealing with the pandemic for quite a while, since the very, very beginning. The reason regional lists weren't sent out, usually they usually operate April or May, usually when money is due and whatnot, uh, Music for All extended that deadline because programs were unsure like am I gonna am I gonna pay all this money to go to events if I'm just gonna have to you know ask for a refund because my district won't let me travel or the city's not gonna let me travel or am I gonna be allowed in the state or you know we didn't know the restrictions back then we were just kind of like hey everybody get inside and we'll try to figure this out later um programs expressed a lot of concern they just didn't know they didn't know what to expect and they didn't know what to do and I don't blame them one bit uh, lots of questions can my band travel uh, how many contests am I going to be able to go to if I'm allowed to travel Is any, am I going to be able to do an overnight stay I mean you have to look around not just by the state of Texas but all across the country I mean there are programs that come in from other states I mean here in Texas you go Dallas to San Antonio or San Antonio to Dallas or whatever, uh, you do your thing up there and then you're back on the bus, you drive home. Uh, that's not always the case if you're going across state lines. Uh, in other parts of the country, some districts may have you, you've got to stay overnight. And with the whole pandemic thing and unsure about how hotels and buses and how, the whole socially distanced thing, how do you, how do you manage that? So, um, that was a big deal. That was something that needed to be answered. Um, you know, how much practice time was going to be allowed in the fall? Like, I mean, there were so many, there were so many basic questions back then that th th this seemed like just th this task was just too great. There's just too many. There were too many variables. The it changes from day to day, state to state, county to county. There are different restrictions depending on where you go in each state. There's different restrictions on 
uh, crowd sizes and gatherings and what's allowed and what's not allowed. And I mean, keep in mind, Music for All and Bands of America puts some weekends it's like three or four contests. So you would have to have three or four different event staffs with with theoretically three or four different health and safety protocols depending on where they are in the country. I mean, talk about tall task. <laughs> that's a, that's a lot to that's a lot to handle. That's a lot to swallow. Uh, there was financial uncertainty with a lot of programs. Think about it. You're a program. You had this big spring trip planned going wherever. You're going out of the country or you're going across the country or you're doing whatever. Um, then all of a sudden you've got to cancel it because either the event itself was canceled or um, your district made you cancel it just because of health and safety issues. Now you got to wait to get that money back, which isn't as simple as going to your travel company and saying, okay, cut us a check. And they go, okay, no problem. You'll have it and you'll we'll overnight express it to you and you'll have it in 24 hours. It doesn't work that way. When you work with different vendors, different vendors have different rules about refunds and all sorts of stuff. And a lot of people were scrambling to get money back when uh, spring trips were canceled. So imagine your spring trip got canceled. You spent thousands of dollars on it. Like, man, that stinks. Now you got to wait to get that money back. Now the band comes to you and goes, hey, uh, remember fall? <laughs> remember the fall season? Yeah, we need money for that. There's a, It's very difficult to go to band parents, especially those who have been furloughed or have lost their jobs due to the pandemic, business owners and whatnot. Um, it's very difficult for programs to go to those band parents and say, hey, um, we need that money. It's uh, That's a tough conversation to have. Um as far as fundraising goes, that has been limited, and that's putting it lightly. Uh, it's difficult to go to businesses that are barely hanging on, local businesses that have been, you know, they sponsor your, uh, they sponsor your band trailer, they sponsor your marching contest, they donate food, and they donate money, and they do all sorts of stuff for you, and now they're hanging on by a thread. Now their, their business model is severely limited. And now you're going to them asking them for money and cash and sponsorships for a season that may or may not happen. So that's uh, those were difficult conversations to have financially. Let's talk about travel for a second because that's a big reason why the um, that's a big reason why the music for all bands of America thing had to get canceled. Yes, safety is getting. Well, I'm going to get to safety in a second, and of course, safety is was paramount in this whole thing. Of course it was. Um, trying to socially distance programs and everything, but I got a whole section on that that I want to talk about. Travel was a big deal too. And I could provide, uh, I could provide a slight expertise on this. Uh, during my adult life, I spent eight and a half years in the hotel industry. I managed hotel restaurants and bars uh, in a San Antonio property downtown. And I've managed hotels and bars at two different properties in the uh, Frisco, Texas area. Um, and I've worked with banquets. I've worked with catering. I've worked with sales departments many times before. Uh, back in San Antonio, uh, TMEA used to send their Allstate students uh, to my hotel. And I remember seeing and setting up uh, grab-and-go breakfast in the hotel lobby, 6 a.m., 
TMEA students wake up bright and early. They're ready to go. They got their music. They got their instruments. They grab go breakfast, grab banana, breakfast taco, or juice or whatever, and they're out the door. And then they're off to uh, put on an amazing uh, concert with their rehearsal and whatnot. So I've seen them before. As far as clients go, I've taken care of uh, NBA players before. The hotel that I worked at, I'm not going to say which one, uh, had a contract with the NBA. So almost all the teams that played the San Antonio Spurs would stay at my hotel and I was responsible for putting amenities together and making sure that the uh, athletes were properly taken care of, made sure that their food was right, made sure room service went up, made sure they were taking care of the restaurant, all sorts of stuff. So I got a little bit of experience on this. So here's why, and I'm going to make, I'm going to relate this back to the band contest in just a second. So Music for All has what they call a housing bureau. So basically, they require you to use that if you're using overnight stays at Super Regionals and Grand Nationals. The reason they do that is because Music for All, and this is very common among youth activities, Music for All goes to the Convention Visitors Bureau at you know San Antonio, St. Louis, and, and Indianapolis for these massive events. And they go, hey, we're going to bring in so many kids, so many parents, so many programs that are going to be here. We're going to be able to guarantee this many hotel rooms for the city, whether you're downtown or you're uh, in a suburban area. And the city goes, wow, that's pretty good. And as a hotel owner, as a, as a, as a hotelier, if you want to call it that, um, you need your hotels full as much as possible. doesn't really matter where the business is coming from, but you need every room, especially on the weekends, you need every room at your hotel filled. Uh, because there's all sorts of incentives for hotels to have their their uh, hotels filled on weekends, and that's a completely different conversation. So Music for All goes to them every year, and they guarantee the, guarantee occupancy for all of these hotels. And they're like, "That's freaking awesome! That's one weekend we don't have to worry about because you know Music for All is going to send us a bunch of band kiddos and their parents and the staff, and everybody's going to stay here." Um, so that's kind of how the housing bureau works. You go in there, you say, hey, I'm going to need overnight accommodations. You fill out the form. Are you going to want to stay downtown? Are you going to stay in a suburban area outside of downtown? Uh, do you need parking? Do you need breakfast? What do you need? You kind of put down what accommodations you need, and then they set you up at a hotel. Of course, you got to pay for it. Uh, and then you determine, hey, I need four people to a room. I need two people to a room, or however however you all, however each program uh, needs their accommodation set up. So that's kind of how that works. Well, here's the thing about hotels. When the pandemic hit, hospitality industry was probably the most hardest, most hardest, most hard hit industry. Uh, At my former property, all of the food and beverage staff was laid off on the same day. I shouldn't say laid off, but furloughed. They were all furloughed the same day. For those of you who don't know the difference, laid off means, hey, you no longer have a job here. Furloughed means you still have a job here, we're still going to give you medical benefits, but we're not giving you any hours at all. So you have a job, please don't come to work. It's kind of like that. Uh, they, lots of hotels shut down their restaurants. A lot of hotels had to furlough their banquet and catering staff. Because think about this. As a hotel, you have all these clients. You have, bus- you have businesses that come in. You have small companies, large companies that book banquet and catering events three or four days in a row, you have breakfast and lunch there, maybe you have a nice dinner with an open bar, all that stuff. Then the pandemic hits. Then it's like, hey, don't travel anywhere. 
then all of a sudden, sales managers are fielding calls from clients saying, hey, we're canceling everything. Cancel everything. I know we're supposed to be there in 48 hours, but cancel everything. All that business was wiped out practically overnight. Gone. And when that happens on such a large scale, when that happens at a hotel, that's devastating. Now, use that across the state, use that across the country. And all of a sudden, you've, there's no business for anything. The hotels are empty. There's no banquet and catering services, which is a big, big way of how hotels make money and stay in business. Everybody canceled their stuff. So the easiest, quickest way to save money at a hotel is to cut labor. And when a pandemic hits, you have to furlough people. You have to tell them that you're not going to pay them. There's no work here. We'll still have a job. We'll call you when everything picks back up. But a lot of good people, a lot of people that I personally know, a lot of people that I've worked with personally over the years in San Antonio and in the Dallas area were heavily, heavily affected by this pandemic. How does this tie back into marching band? Hotels in downtown San Antonio are operating at minimum capacity, minimum staffing, minimum amenities. The hotel that's downtown, that's connected to the convention center, the, uh, the Grand Hyatt, that opened up, that opened back up like on July 4th. The hotel that I used to work at opened around the same time, which makes sense because they, they try to get as much money as possible. And that's what businesses have to do in order to stay alive. They were closed since March. <laughs> A lot of hotels in downtown San Antonio were closed since March just because there was no business. Nobody's booking anything. And it's almost not even worth turning the lights on. It's almost worth not it's almost worth not unlocking the doors. I mean, that's how bad it was. So when you've got all of a sudden you try to bring this big group of band kiddos into a hotel in downtown San Antonio, it's there's no staff to take care of them. Maybe one or two people at the front desk all day. Housekeepers same thing and then if they need breakfast or they need meals or whatever and a lot of those a lot of those food and beverage staffs are still furloughed they still can't come to work so you're not now you're not able to offer now these hotels aren't able to they're not able to properly accommodate and take care of large groups right now because when you furlough a whole staff you can't just bring them back on for one weekend and then say okay well that's it we're done here because nobody's going to come back and you can't do that. The whole point of furloughing people is to try to save as much money as possible. The travel situation, the hotel situation was a big deal. It was a big deal in San Antonio. It's a big deal in St. Louis and Indianapolis as well. Um, the hotels just aren't able to, they were not able to accommodate large groups at the same time. And that sucks because I know a lot of good people that have been heavily affected by this. So, the hotel situation with the housing bureau and everything, that's part of that. that I imagine that's part of the reason why. Plane travel is another thing. Um, going to Grand Nationals, you know, there are some programs that are able to afford charter flights where you get an entire plane all yourself. It's just people from your program. That's it. There's no other people that, uh, from you know places you don't know. But for the programs that can't afford 
to book a chartered flight, they got to fly commercially. And number one, that's a big deal because you're around a bunch of people from all across the United States at the same time and can find spaces. And number two, because the airlines have had to socially distance passengers, whether they're leaving a row behind them or in between or uh, empty or whether they're leaving a middle seat empty on all flights, that means there's fewer seats for people, which also means that you're going to need more planes to transport those band kiddos. When I went to nationals, both my freshman and senior year, we used, we flew commercially and we, uh, we, we used like four planes to take the entire band there with staff and parents. And we had to use four different planes because we were flying commercially. And that's with everybody packed in there like sardine cans, like a sardine can. Uh, imagine having to socially distance an entire program across multiple things. You'd need like two or three planes, two or three times more planes than you would need. And that's a lot to keep up with. <laughs> the bus is the same thing. If you're traveling by bus, obviously you're going to have to socially distance on the bus, especially charter buses. You're going to need three, two or three times more buses. And you got to put them somewhere at these events. Think about your local Bands of America event and how how tightly packed those buses are. I mean, if you had now we got to socially distance uh, uh, everybody on the bus, two or three times more buses. Where are you going to put those buses? Do you make them park off property? Do you make them? I mean, the only solution I would have seen is like, hey, no fans because we need the parking to put the buses on. Or do you, and you can't make spectators park off site because then you got to bus them over and then you got to socially distance the fans again before they get to the stadium. It's it's a, the, the travel thing is something that's not very it's not talked about very often, but uh, it is a very very big reason why marching contests are basically non-existent this year. It's a big big deal. Not just with overnight stays. Even if you wanted to go one day, you got to socially distance on the bus. You got to socially distance in the, at the stadium, on the stadium, outside the stadium, everywhere. You got to be aware of all that stuff, and you're going to be around a bunch of people, and you don't know. There's so many unknowns still, <laughs> even though we're five months or four months into this thing. It's a big deal. With stadium deal with Bands of America, how do you socially distance a marching contest? How do you socially distance it? And we don't have a lot of examples here because, I mean, look at professional soccer. Look at professional baseball. Look at professional basketball. There's no fans there. There's no fans there. So how do you socially, how do you, how do you make that happen for a marching contest? Would it have even been financially feasible to have a marching contest with no fans there? I don't know that answer. Uh, but that's definitely something that had to be taken into account. If I have no fans here, am I going to be able to make enough money to pay for the stadium? I mean, you got to rent these stadiums. So that's uh, that was something that needed to be addressed. And if you do allow fans, how do you handle tickets? You're not going to have a packed stadium like Kelly Reeves is every single year. You can't have that. No city's going to allow that right now. Uh so what do you do? Do you do a random lottery for tickets? You just say, hey, we're going to give out 500 tickets and whoever gets it, gets it. Um, and how do you socially distance in the stands? Do you put 
rows in between each other, how long, how big are the groups going to be? Because the booster organizations go, they're obviously going to want to all sit together. So how many do you allow in the stadium? It's 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 incredible the 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 amount of work that goes into putting on these contests, and then you add this layer of oh by the way there's a pandemic going on, and like people could get sick. Um, it adds a completely different layer, more difficult layer of of, uh, of challenges and whatnot. It was a lot to undertake. There's a lot unknown. There's a lot that tried to get answered and just couldn't get answered. Um, and it's painful to not have Bands of America around this year. It is. My I, my very first contest with Bands of America was back in 1999 as a freshman. My very first marching contest, very first marching contest, was in the Alamo Dome at the San Antonio Regional. Not Super Regional. It wasn't a Super Regional back then. It was a regular regional. I think there were 25 programs that showed up. Think about that. San Antonio Regional, Alamo Dome, one of the best venues for a marching contest anywhere in this country. Only had 25 people back then. It was at the beginning of the season, too. I remember it was like in like the end of September or early October. This is back when, uh, if you were lucky, the state of Texas had two regionals. And if you had three regionals in the state of Texas, it was like Christmas. Just shows you how far the organization has come. Very first contest was a Bands of America contest in 1999. I remember it like it was yesterday. And we're going to wax philosophically for a minute. Um, I remember standing on the field of finals. And it was time to... Uh, it was time to go on. So we play our backfield warm-up. Our arranger... We, that's something we used to do back then. We used to play a backfield warm-up that was... You know, written just for us. We'd stand there in a giant block. Played backfield... Crowd would go nuts, turn around, get set, perform our show. We're standing on the field, and then Dan Potter comes on the announcement. And this is what he said at finals. They are the defending San Antonio regional champions joining us from San Antonio, Texas, the Winston Churchill High School Marching Band. Chills down my spine. Chills. Because they don't do that anymore. <laughs> Back then they used to. Uh, the program had won the San Antonio Regional in 98, the previous year. That's something they used to do, and it was, ooh, like, talk about getting hyped. I was like, okay, this is, this is it. This is, this is how we do it. Uh, that was my very first marching contest. It was neat. It was really awesome. I loved the pageantry. I loved the different uniforms and costumes and, I, it was like sensory over, overload. It really was. I loved everything about it. I was hooked. And plus we won that contest and I got to have Bill Miller's brownies afterwards and sodas. Uh, of course, that's always, the, that's always the reward. It's always about the food. Folks, it's always about the food. I had a lot of great memories with Bands of America. Uh, senior year, my final marching contest. The final time I ever wore the uniform. Grand Nationals in 2002, back in the RCA Dome. It's torn down since then. It's made way for Lucas Oil Stadium, but the RCA Dome, back then, it was the airlock. 
They had an airlock, doors sealed shut uh, at the stadium. Now you just have at Lucas Oil Stadium, you have a tunnel, and you can you get to the tunnel, and you can see right onto the stadium. RCA Dome, they had these these um, these uh, doors that were there that would automatically shut. They press the button, they'd shut. And it was like being locked in an airlock. It was like going into space. And they told us, I don't even know if it was true or not. Oh, they told us, well, we have to airlock it because the, it, it's basically a giant bubble. It's a giant baggie that's on top of the stadium. And if we leave it open too long, it deflates or something. I don't know if it was true or not. I'm not a, I'm not a stadium scientist. Call a stadium scientist. I'm sure they know. And I remember it being so intimidating. The airlock was there and we'd be, you couldn't see into the field. The windows that were there, they had like two little windows, but they were too tall for us to see into the stadium. So you're just standing there, you're standing there staring at a blue door that's practically bulletproof. And you can't hear anything either. You can't hear what's going on in the field. Then the door opens. And then you slowly, the sound starts coming in. You see the crowd and you hear the crowd and everything. It was crazy, crazy experience. I remember Sanit- I remember going on nationals, 2002, semifinals. Guess who we had to go out on after? Semifinals, we had to go on after Lasseter. And they ended up winning the national championship that year. My freshman year in 99, in semifinals, guess who we had to go on after? Plymouth Canton Educational Park. They ended up winning the national championship that year. So, yes, the two times I went to nationals at a Bands of America event... In semifinals, we had to go on after the eventual national champion. And those two programs those years, they destroyed everybody. It wasn't close. (laughs) So going on after them was very intimidating. I think it's safe to say that the whole Bands of America organization has a very special place in my heart. The TexasBands.com crew... We've been at these. We've been going to these events and reviewing these events and live blogging these events for 15 years. And it started out as you know, hey, let's just we're gonna get up really early. We're gonna be at the front of the stadium, and the second we get our tickets scanned, we're gonna run up. We're gonna try to get the best seats as possible. And it's slow. That relationship slowly evolved over the years when we started gaining more and more credibility thanks to people that listen to this show. More and more credibility. And we started developing relationships with uh, Bands of America, started developing relationships with Music for All, trying to make ourselves, uh, you know part of the activity, kind of carving our little slice of the pie there. Bands of America staff has been very, very uh, courteous to us. They've been very uh, helpful with us. Every year we go to them, hey, this is what we want to do. We want to blog the event again. They're always willing to talk. They're always willing to work with us. Um, we're very thankful to have the relationship that we have with them. Um, and you know, it just it, it, it sucks that we're not going to be able to see those people. We're not going to be able to hang out at the stadium like we've been doing. Um, like we've been doing the past several years. Let's look positively on this. 2021. 2021, I'm going to end with this and then uh, we can go, go back to our day. 2021. 
uh, BOA, MFA, has already started working on events for 2021. I've already started contacting people about uh, booking those events. Here's why 2021, especially nationals, could be the... the Grand National Finals is probably going to be the greatest of all time next year. Here's why. There's no 6A state contest next year. Remember, it's an odd year, so 6A state contest. Uh, it's not ha- It's not going on next year. So a couple of important dates to remember. Uh, there's still area contests. Remember, every year area is, is starting out this year and will probably continue into next year. 6A area contest is October 30th, 2021. Grand Nationals is November 11th through the 13th, 2021. So even if uh, 6A programs decide to go to area, there's still that there's still that two-week gap of you know cleaning or whatever they need to do. I don't know when Super Regional, San Antonio Super Regional is going to go down. I don't know if it's going down the 30th of October or the next week. Not sure yet. That, that Those dates, I'm sure, are still going to be tentative. So that's a quick brief calendar there. Grand National Finals probably going to be the best in history. Think about all the big-name programs that were supposed to go this year. Not just from Texas, but from across the country. Now, they're looking to go back. It's not one of those things where, well, we try to go, but, you know, a virus hit, so I guess we're going to stop going. No, a lot of the programs... A lot of the big-name programs that were supposed to go this year are looking to go back, even if it's out of their cycle. A lot of these programs go every two years or every three years, and they go on like clockwork. But with the pandemic hitting and a lot of those programs going non-competitive this season, there's going to be a lot of tenacious band kiddos and a lot of tenacious staff members that are going to want to take their program and try to, in a way, make up for not having a competitive season this year. You also have to look at these 2020 programs, these ambitious visual and musical programs that were designed for months months ahead of time, and then all of a sudden those programs get shelved. That repertoire gets shelved. So now it's on the shelf for a year. Guess what? It's got another. It's got another year to age. It's got another year to ferment. So there's more ideas that can be brought to it. There's different things where you look at it a second, third, or fourth time and go, hmm, maybe. Maybe we change this. Maybe we don't have that idea. Maybe we do this. I wouldn't necessarily say it's back to the drawing board with those shelved programs, but it's definitely something where there's more time to think about it. So those programs are already complicated as they are. Now give it another year for the designers and the staff to talk about how they can make it even better. That's going to be exciting times. Here's the X Factor. If the UIL ends up canceling state marching contests this year, does the UIL do all conferences for state next year? Because if they do, if they do, that could be really, really interesting. Because I think the state contest next year is the beginning of, I'm pretty sure it's the beginning of November. Would the UIL consider going all conferences for state that would be pretty exciting and how that will affect the Bands of America schedule and which programs go to which contests 2021 is going to be an incredible year Grand National Finals if you thought getting into Super Regional Finals was hard here in San Antonio 2021 Grand Nationals if the event goes on forget it forget it you're going to see some programs 
that national finals contest is going to be the greatest ever. It's going to be the greatest ever. We got to we got to wait a year. We got to wait a year to to get to it, but I'm already hyped and I'm already pumped for what lies ahead. Bands of America has a very special place in my heart. Has a very special place uh, for my friends who've participated in the contest, who hang out at the contest every year, who cover the activity, who uh, um, love this activity. Kiddos, parents, staff, you know, best wishes this season. I know this is difficult. I know it's difficult to tell your kids that you're going non-competitive or you're at the very least not doing can't do the Bands of America events. Um, But we'll be back. We'll be back. Bands of America contest, we're there for you. Just let us know when you need us there. I'll I'll be there. My friends will be there. Um, My Saturdays are going to look... Even if I was able to fill these... I mean, these Saturdays in the fall, I look forward to these every year. My Saturdays in the fall are usually pretty full because I'm going to one contest or another for Bands of America, covering the event, talking with parents, talking with kiddos, um, reconnecting with staff members. My Saturdays, even if they get, even if they're filled with work or I decide to go on a vacation and take a little time for myself, they're still going to feel empty. They are still going to feel empty. Because I'm going to want to be in that stadium. I'm going to want to be eating Bush's chicken tender rolls. I'm going to be wanting to be talking with parents and kiddos and staff and everything. Going over numbers and providing live results and and doing uh, live reviews and everything. And it hurts. It hurts a lot. But we move forward. 2021 is going to be a year for the ages. I can't wait for it. I'm not going anywhere, by the way. <laughs> we still got, we still have somewhat of a marching season to, to, to talk about. There's challenges, there's opinions, there's all sorts of stuff that I want to get into. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to put out something next week, whether you like it or not. So kudos to Bands of America for making the right decision, for uh, taking everything into account, taking safety and, and financials and doing everything that they possibly could to try to make this season work. Unfortunately, it just couldn't. Um, but this is the right decision. This is the right decision to shut the season down. Let's regroup. Let's streamline. And let's, uh, let's try to make 2021 the greatest year ever. I'm done here. Thank you all so much for listening. I will talk to you next week. And uh, stay safe out there. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And, oh, by the way, please be nice to each other. Please. I'm done here. Talk to you soon. Take care. Adios. Bye-bye.